Hello all, and welcome to a new episode of the Horror Countdown Podcast. I'm your host, Don Anelli, and with me tonight is one of my old brethren, one of the first guys I ever podcasted with, Mr. Bill Casanelli. Hello, and how are you all doing? Love you all. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, it's uh, been a while. It's been since uh, the Horror Mafia days when uh, you and me were together. <laughs> That's right. It's been a long time now, it seems. Uh, yeah, I know. It's bringing back some uh, nostalgia, going back through uh, some of our old shows together and uh, remembering our good times. But, um, <laughs> yeah, for tonight's episode, we're going to be looking at our 10 favorite films we love that others seem to hate. So, uh, I mean, you suggested um, this in the alternate, you know, 10 films you love, you hate that others love. But, um, you know, what was the uh, choice behind uh, this title? What were you uh, thinking of doing with this? Well, because everyone always blows these movies and like sucks the penis of all these movies that I'm just like, oh, my God, really? You guys like that? I hate that movie. And then at the same time. All these movies I love, and people are like, oh, this is the worst movie ever made. I'm just like, dude. Ah, so, yeah, that's why. Nice, yeah. So, um, yeah, mine's uh, going to be kind of fun. Uh, you may have heard some of uh, my choices on uh, previous shows, but um, hopefully we'll have uh, enough fun stuff to go around. So uh, let's start in with number 10. All right. My number 10 is a very, very unpopular number uh, number of a, <laughs> of a franchise, actually, that everyone seems to unanimously hate, but I don't get the hate. My number 10 is Scream 3. Hmm. Everyone's like, that's the worst Scream movie ever. There's only one killer and blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, well, hey, Jay and Sal and Bob are in it. <laughs> and Lance Hemrickson's in it. And uh, uh, what's his name? The director of all those movies. Oh, God. Now I'm drawing a blank. Yeah. Oh, um, um, Corman? Roger Corman. Thank you. Roger Corman's in it. I'm like, all these people are in this. And this is, oh, it's like a, a love letter to old horror. But, <laughs> yep, everyone hates it because of uh, what's your name's bangs. Yeah, <laughs> it's been a while since I've revisited the franchise. I, I really need to get a, a a fresh new take on that. But um, I mean, especially since I figure that um, the new one, I don't know if you've uh, seen five yet, but I have. I, I've, yeah, I, I've kind of uh, been so disappointed with that. I've kind of been debating whether or not that one's actually the weakest. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I, I do kind of need to revisit the franchise because it's been a while since um, I've seen two and three. So, yeah, that's not a, a bad one. I mean, I'd be curious to see where it is because I usually find with the franchise, the ser the films always improve somewhat slightly on rewatch. Mm -hmm. So, um, I mean, I wasn't a huge fan of four at all, but I, I, I I'm like with you right there, man. I am right with you. Yeah, so, um, I mean, yeah, I, I really need to uh, give that series a new watch. But, yeah. Um, yeah, um, well, speaking of a uh, universally unpopular franchise entry, um, that's my number 10, although I actually went with a legitimate 10 in Jason X. Hey, very good. Oh, uh, yeah. Um, I mean, I, I kind of knew you were a fan, so I, uh, I, I wasn't really hard to put this one on the list, but... <laughs> Yeah, uh, I'm a big fan of this one. I don't get the, you know, hate for it. It's goofy, it's silly, but it's purposely done, and it's enjoyable cheesy. Yeah. 
you know, it, you know, the kills are just so stupid and over the top. And, you know, the characters are just, you know, this fun loving group of guys that I actually want to be around and everything about it is just an all is just a blast. So sure. Yeah. I, I, I've always been a champion of that one. And don't forget David Cronenberg. Oh yeah. He's had one of the best parts in the film. Yeah. <laughs> So yeah, uh, you know, again, another big one, another one with a you know nice cameo involved. But um, yeah. yeah, let's uh, move on to number nine. Oh, my number nine is another. Well, I I think just about all of these except for like one <laughs> are sequels to movies. Um, the next one is a sequel. Everybody shits on it. I think it's a as its own movie. It's great if it weren't for the CGI. All right. So the only thing I can say is bad CGI, but without that, American Werewolf in Paris is actually a lot of fun. Honestly, it, I haven't seen that in almost a decade. It's been a while since I've seen that. And yeah, I, I I do remember some like I do remember it having some fun moments. I do remember liking parts of it. Yeah, the CGI just it kind of stands out a lot. Yeah, the CGI and, destroys the movie. But yeah. Apart from that, it's a lot of fun. It's a fun little horror movie, guys. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm saying I haven't seen it in well over a decade, so I mean I'm kind of drawing <laughs> a blank. And yeah, I mean you are right. The the CGI is just the most notable it factor. Is. Yeah. So, yeah and I get. It. Yeah, I mean that's another one I'd probably have to revisit. But uh, yeah, nice choice there. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. So, What's um, your number nine? <laughs> So my number nine is kind of a recent one. Um, this is one that I watched a couple weeks ago um, on my other show, Fresh Cuts. Um, at least is the you know time we're recording this. Um, one I did not understand the hate at all because when we reviewed it, when we reviewed it on the show, it was sitting at around a two, two out of ten on IMDb, and it's like, what the hell are you people hmm. watching? Um, it is the Requin. The what? So the Requin. It's a uh, new killer shark movie with uh, Alicia Silverstone. Oh, oh, yeah, I've not seen that yet. The Requiem, right, right. I want to see that one. Okay, yeah. Um, so uh, because of that, I'll try to keep it just a tad bit vague. Um, so the general plot is, uh, you know, she's the wife and a, you know, a married couple. They're going on um, vacation in Vietnam. They're staying at this um, seaside bungalow resort kind of a facility. And then this storm comes in and, you know, attacks the place. And, you know, the there's several others, but, you know, they're the only ones that are still inside the bunker when it, uh, you know, gets when it uh, just, you know, leaves the facility and is swept away in the debris. Uh And they have to try to, you know, get back to safety. But then all of a sudden they realize there's a shark following them. Yeah, yeah. This is a very, very recent movie for me to actually hate on because I haven't seen it. It's been a oh man. Yeah. I have not really heard much about this one, so you could well, be right. Like everyone's shitting on it. So. Yeah. Um. Well, the thing is, is that when we when we did it on Fresh Cuts, like I said, the time we recorded it, the the IMDb rating was barely above a two. Wow. So um, I I will say this: don't go in expecting a balls to the wall shark film. Mm-hmm. The shark is um I, I equated it somewhat similar to like the final boss in like a video game kind of a thing. Gotcha. It's much more of a survival thriller. Huh. So it's more about, you know, how are they gonna survive on the island on this, you know, ramshackle little um bungalow that they're, you know, swept that they're trapped in. 
you know, mm-hmm. are they going to, you know, get, to, you know, they're going to alert the safety of the passing boat in time? Are they going to dehydrate? Are they going to, you know, burn up in the elements, that kind of a thing? <laughs> and, you know, it's got all of those elements in and then, oh, crap, you know, there's a shark as well. Right. Sounds like, so, a, like a survival video game. Yeah, that's kind of where it goes. Um, I mean, like I said, you know, the shark is basically like a final boss to like finally get out of it alive but mm-hmm. not it, the most dangerous element there though right yeah it, it well i, I don't one know of the is, elements <laughs> right yeah um i i will say this the shark doesn't show up until about an hour in oh wow so yeah um like i said those expecting you know balls to the wall shark fi- shark films that's not what this is but yeah um i i won't say much more i'll uh, leave you to it uh, whenever you can but um yeah my number nine uh i had a lot of fun with it so it's uh the requin very nice i do want to see that one it's on my list uh my number eight <laughs> again another uh sequel i love this movie i saw it in the theater i don't get all the hate is the rage carry two mm. i thought this movie is it captures the 90s version of what the 70s carry captured and being bullied in high school. They weren't like throwing tampons on her, but in the 90s, it was a different thing. And she had the like um, the tattoo because she was all oh, the outside with the tattoo of the Ivy. And her name was Ivy, wasn't it? I believe. And, yeah, Ivy and, or um, Evie or Evie. Maybe it was Evie. Maybe they just called her Ivy because of the tattoo. But I think her name was Evie. But I liked how it like grew the matter she got and it like made the, I don't know. I thought this is a really fun, awesome revenge high school. I thought it, it followed Carrie really well, bringing it to like a modern age. I really thought the gore was great. Like and it killed the, the, the bad guys at the end. I, I, I really dug it. I'll be honest, I had a lot of fun with it as well, and it was actually um, a contender for my list. Um, I, I bumped it off to an honorable mention, um, but yeah, I'm with you. I had a lot more fun with it than I thought I would. Yeah. And yeah, um, I, I I do agree. I do like the finale a lot. I think it's a lot almost, it, it's got a lot going on with it that I really like, and it's almost as good as the gym destruction in the original. I think the, the gym destruction is a little bit more iconic just because of what happens. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I think, you know, the door slamming shut and I think you know, all of the, you know, fires and, you know, all the chaos and stampedes and all that. I think that one's it, it, it hits a little differently, but I do like the house destruction. I do like you know, the chaos she creates and there's a lot of fun stuff there. So, yeah. And the um, glass breaking and all the gore that goes with it. Yeah. Um, I mean, like I said, it's an honorable mention for me because it was, it, was, it was a contender. So, yeah, I, I definitely agree. Mm hmm. So, yeah, um, my number eight is, uh, just like you, another undervalued and um, unloved sequel. I went with Texas Chainsaw 3D. There you go. Yeah. Um, everybody craps on it for the one line. Everybody <laughs> says the one line, and it's like everything else in that film is rendered null and void by do your thing, cuz. Mm-hmm. Do your thing, cuz. <laughs> and... The cringy thing is, I never even bothered. I never even thought it was a bad line when I first saw it. Oh, yeah. I mean, the thing is, in the context of why she says it, it makes complete sense. I agree with you. Yeah. And everybody just seems to take it out of context and be like, okay, well, they said, you know, do your thing, cuz. And it's like, you realize (laughs) why she said that, right? 
the scene is her empowering him to fight back against the other people that are oppressing them. Right. Leatherface is not the bad guy. He's, you know, the same misunderstood and completely clueless grunt that he's always been. Yes, he is. But, but you know, there's other villains in the film more dangerous than him. He just, he's protecting his home. <laughs> he doesn't know any better. Yes. But he's got the sheriff and, you know, his posse doing their thing. And, you know, at the time, they're about to take the upper hand. So her throwing him the chainsaw and say, do your thing. It's an uplifting moment, and I really enjoyed it. So, yeah, um, I completely don't get the aid for this. I am with you there 100%. I mean, I, I understand when people say that they've got legitimate issues with the story because that does not make sense. You know, trying... Let's also not forget that this is the goriest Texas Chainsaw movie until this year. Indeed, yeah. Um, you know, all of the kills in that thing are just brutal as hell. Very and, brutal. Yeah, um, I, I had a lot of fun with it, and... Yeah, the story makes no sense. Tying this into the 74 version makes no sense, but... Well, I don't know. Vietnam, the one guy wanting to burn his draft card, but the other one wants him to go... I mean, I know, but I'm, I'm, I'm just saying, tying, making believe that this is the events... The idea is that this is actually 94, not 2013. Oh, gotcha. That's what, okay. I, that's what I'm saying. The whole thing is that this was 20 years after the original. So this is supposed to bleed 94, not 2013. I think that's right. where everybody's coming from. But yeah, okay. other than that, yeah, um, I, I don't have too many issues with this one. I had a lot of fun with it. And uh, yeah, I think it's criminally undervalued. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> so which leads me to my number seven. Mm -hmm. And uh, you'll probably agree with everyone else except me here on this one. But Hellraiser 4 Bloodlines. I really thought it was a great idea to show four different or three or four different versions, three versions of uh, how this box was invented and used in the past, in the present, in the future with space. I really dug that. I thought it was ingenious how the space station was a big box. It was oh, a yeah. puzzle box. Yeah, um, I I remember when I first saw it, I thought that was a really cool revelation in the way that they came about using the bot, the space station as like the final form box that they used to send them yeah. back to hell. I, I, I don't know if that's a, if that's an actual spoiler or not, but um, yeah, that was that was a really cool revelation. They caught me off guard. Mm -hmm. I, I, I have get the hate. I really don't. Yeah, I've come around to it. Um, I I do need to give the franchise a rewatch because. After three, I'm kind of at a loss as to what happened in which one. Well, I wouldn't say the whole franchise are rewatched because after four, they tend to be the same movie with a different but name. But the thing is, is that I remember actually really liking one of the sequels. I think it was either five or six, but I don't remember which one. Ah. So the thing is, is that for some reason, there's always this thought in my mind that five or six was really good. And I don't remember which one it was. Well, if I can interject, I would say the one with the online video game I kind of liked, if that's the one you're talking about. No, I think that's uh, the, the online video game one. I think that was either seven or eight. I think it was the one before that. Gotcha. Yeah. Um, I mean, like I said, some of the, the some of them kind of run together. Um, I know that there was one that I thought was just absolutely horrid. Oh, I think a lot of them were absolutely horrid after four. But yeah, to me, um, four was like the real last real, like, yeah, um, uh, Hellraiser movie. Right. Yeah. Um. I. I. I've always really enjoyed that one. Um. 
not enough to make my list, but I, I am a big fan. So yeah, that's a that's another good one. Um, and the guy playing three different roles of his own um, uh, relatives in the past and future. I like that. Yeah, but yeah, that's that was another pretty cool one. So yeah, but uh, sadly, the the director himself, who is a special effects artist, he actually took his name off and made it Alan Smithy. I think, yeah, wasn't he the same guy that did the uh, Chucky puppet in the original? Yes, he was, Kevin Yeager. I, yeah, I thought so, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. That, that, I always thought that was a really weird choice. I mean, you know, you bring a special effects guy in to do a Hellraiser, that's like, a, you know, <laughs> that's almost like a guarantee right there, so. Yep, oh well. Yeah. I liked it, even though the director didn't. Oh, well, um... So moving on to my number seven, um, I kind of followed in your footsteps apparently because I have a Carrie film, just uh, not that one. I have the 2013 remake. Oh. I've I've always thought this one was pretty underrated. Um, I know everybody kind of crapped on it just because it, I, I I I do agree with a lot of the sentiments. Chloe Grace Moretz is way too pretty to be cast as the you know. Right. downtrodden you know <laughs> she wouldn't be bullied in school for her looks right yeah she's way too attractive to be that kind of a person and yeah that is a bit of a distraction at points but i do like a lot of um what else it does i do like the main supporting characters i do like the the, the gym teacher um i always forget who she, who she was but i've seen her pop up in other films and i've always really liked her i always thought she was like a fun character actress um hmm. Yeah, I, I the name escapes me just because there's like so much crap going on in my head. But <laughs> okay. I, I've I, never seen it, so I don't know. Yeah, um, I've always really liked, um, like I said, the the gym teacher was always really uh, was always really good. Julianne Moore is a real real interesting choice, and I kind of like that they went with her for the for the role of the mother. Oh, she was because, the mom, Julianne Moore. Wow. Yeah, Julianne Moore is the mom. Uh, she plays the Piper Laurie role. Oh, wow. Yeah, and she's really good in that one too. Um, everybody just, you know, craps on it because Chloe Grace is too hot to be, you know, the ugly, <laughs> speckled, you know, teenage loner outcast. And hmm. yeah, it, it's better than you think. I don't. I I, I do like the um, the made-for-TV version better, but I don't know enough like it enough to say that that one's better. So I went with this one instead. Right. I know there were two different remakes. Right. Yeah, Both there's the, the TV and that. Yeah, one. the the TV, the made for TV one, I I do legitimately like more. I do think that one's a better one, but I haven't heard enough people say whether say how they feel about it to get an idea of whether or not I would put that one over this one. So, <laughs> because I know that there's more of an outcry over this one, I kind of put it on my list. So, <laughs> yeah, uh, number seven for me is uh, the 2013 Carrie remake. Very nice. Oh, now we're going to my number six. We are going to look at something in the 80s that happened. There were parents that were so against a movie. They boycotted a movie and they picketed a movie and they got it to be taken out of theaters and banned. Okay. One of these parents uh, was uh, not parents. Sorry. One of the people involved was a one Mickey Rooney. The actor, the child actor from, you know what, from all his movies he's done. Well, he decided to be the lead guy in part five. My favorite of them is the toy maker. Silent Night, Deadly Night, part five. Nice. Um, so Mickey I, Rooney. 
Yeah, that's that's always been one of the weirdest casting things I've ever heard. It is, considering that he hated the first one so much to get it taken out. However, this movie is so much fun. It's got him. It's got uh, Clint Howard. It's so much fun. This movie is one of the best. It, again, it shouldn't be a Silent Night, Deadly Night movie because it has nothing to do with the original. But check it out. Yeah, I, I've seen it once. and I've liked it. Um yeah, I, I do like it. I think it's the best of the sequels. I agree. It's got yeah. the, the Pinocchio aspect. It's got the gore. It's got, like, everything except for the killer Santa Claus. Yeah. But, yeah, I'm saying, because I know that the one, two, and three are thematically, I think that those are the those are the ones that connect each other, right? Right. And then and they then, go off into witches. And, and then this, four, is the, and, right. four is the witch cult, and then five yep. is the toy maker. This, one, yeah. Yep. <laughs> they go nuts. Yeah. Yeah, um, I really like this one. This is like my favorite of all the sequels. Everyone loves two for some reason now. It's like a bunch of rehashes from the first movie with this other guy going garbage day. I'm like, no, that sucks. This one's way better. Yeah. um, I mean, not to go off on a tangent on this, but I've never understood two's appeal at all. Agreed. Like, it's like the the boogeyman, too. It's all scenes from the first one. Why would you pick exactly? Yeah. Yeah, um, I mean, two to me is like barely even a movie. Um, I mean, there's what, like 30, 40 minutes of new film footage in that. If and, that, right. Yeah, and is any of it actually any good? I mean, yeah, the guy, you know, he raises his eyebrows and acts with his head for 90% of it, but that doesn't make <laughs> and any And he pulls a good. gun out and shoots people. I'm like, come on now, is he yeah. a killer? Yeah, um, yeah, that, that I, I've never understood the appeal of two. Um, Agreed. Yeah, um, but yeah, no, I, I definitely agree. Five is the my favorite of the sequel. So. Oh yeah, everyone hates it though. Yeah. All right, what's your number six? All right, my number six is, I mean, kind of an oddball choice, uh, you know, coming from me. I mean, that shouldn't be expected, but um, I went with something that uh, I, I I know how you feel about this one, but um, this is going to be one that I I know I'm going to get a lot of crap for. I went with Halloween Resurrection. Hmm. So I know everybody always, always, always craps on the retcon at the beginning. Yep. Taking away the finale of H2O and putting on this, you know, strange new re- twist and reveal about how Michael escapes and yep. Jamie's now locked in this mental asylum. And, you know, no, Michael no, I don't Michael. think that's the one. I don't think that's the big reason everyone hates it. I think it's that, again, the catchphrase at the end. Oh, okay, yeah, I know what you mean, yeah. <laughs> Everyone hates the trick-or-treat, motherfucker. Yeah, um, I, I get it, but I still really like this one. Um, I, uh-huh. I, I, I have fun with it. The, you know, kills are brutal. I think there's a great setup with the, you know, the early live stream, you know, internet connection kind of a fad where they're using the real-time, you know, police... Mm-hmm. They're using the real-time footage to try to help them out. I think that's mm. really clever. Um, it has. Would some... you like to know something? Go ahead. This was my runner-up. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I love this movie, too. You're preaching the choir, man. Back when the internet was like a first thing and they doing the cameras. Oh, I thought it was brilliant. And the scares yeah. are good and a good setup to do a Halloween movie. So no, I'm with you a hundred percent. 
Oh, nice. Yeah. Um, I mean, like I said, I knew that you were kind of a fan of this one, but yeah, I'm, I'm just as much a fan. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, this is definitely an underrated one that uh, really needs to be reevaluated. Um, I, I wouldn't know how some of it plays today, especially because I know some of that would be a little outdated. But mm-hmm. at the time, yeah, I, I really liked it. And I thought there was a lot of uh, interesting and unique concepts that it brought to the series. So, yeah. yeah, ignore the franchise, you know, ignore the tagline, ignore the, you know, retcon. I, I think you'll have fun with it. So I agree. we've overlooked we've overlooked a lot of other stupid shit in this series. Why does that one? <laughs> pass? Yeah, like in part six, where you stop by a bunch of rocks on the floor, right? Exactly. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I really like that, but I even I have my issues with some of them. Uh, I, yeah. I, 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 I do like some of it, but I mean, yeah, there's a few things that even I can't defend. So. <laughs> but no, I'm with you. I love Resurrection. Yeah. Totally with yeah. you. That is my big runner up here. Nice. All right. So <clears throat> I think that puts us at uh, number five. It does. My number five is Pet Cemetery 2. Mm. Now. Everybody I've ever seen hates on this. Everyone. They don't realize it's by the same chick who directed the first one, right? Yeah. And Clancy Brown can chew up scenery like he could chew up a steak. This guy is a... I love Clancy Brown. And uh, yeah. Um, so do Mr. I mention Pratt. this? What? Yeah, so I'm saying, do I mention that this is on my honorable mentions as well for those reasons? <laughs> I, I've never understood the hate for this one. I actually like this yeah. one more than the original. Really? I don't, well, I don't one... think it's I don't think it's better, but I like it more. That's the thing. Gotcha. I see. Yeah. I love I, it. I, yeah. I, it's I not a better. Theater. Yeah. It's not a better movie, but yeah, I, I like it more. Um, yeah. Exactly for those reasons. I I think the gore is better. Mm-hmm. I think the the special effects are a lot better. Clancy Brown is just an absolute oh. marvel. True, um, buddy. I love it. Oh, this movie is yeah. so much fun and scary and good. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, the scenes of him, you know, just wrecking wrecking those uh, hoodlums that have been messing with this. Yeah. <laughs> the motorcycle. Yes. Yeah. The sun. Uh, yeah. It, it's a blast. Um, yeah. Uh, I have it on my honorable mentions. So. <laughs> oh, nice. <laughs> nice. Yeah. I mean, you know, you had yours. So, yeah, this one uh, was on mine. So. See? See? Exactly. All right. What is yours? <laughs> Number six. I'm sorry, number five. And number five. Uh, my number five, again, another new one. Um, this one was came out last year. I absolutely loved it. I thought it was one of my favorites in the franchise. I, I don't get a lot of the hate for it. I went with Conjuring the Devil Made Me Do It. Oh, I've not seen that one. Ah, okay. Um, so, yeah, then again, I'll uh, try to make this just a little bit brief. Um, I, I really enjoy uh, the original. Um, it's... The original is my is in my top five favorite films of the 2010s. It's to me, I think it's the pinnacle of mainstream studio horror. I think that's the one of the few films that the studios got right. That and you know, I think the Evil Dead remake are just like you know, top two for you know, big budget, glossy, slickly made studio fare for that decade. I think those are the two that it got right. Okay. And. As much as I like two, I think that one's a little over long. I think it goes on maybe 10 minutes too much. Hmm. There's, you know, some unnecessary scenes. You know, it, it it feels to me like a director's cut that just got released to theaters accidentally <laughs> instead of being, you know, like a proper studio release. But if you shave like 10 minutes off of that thing, I'd, I'd like it a lot more. But I, oh. I absolutely enjoyed three. Um, mm-hmm. I think the setup is 
um, really interesting because um, a lot of it was, uh, again, a Fresh Cuts episode where we looked at the real life aspects aspects of um, how it came to be. Um, the, the the setup is that uh, this guy got possessed by this demon and he ended up murdering his boss in front of his do- in front of his girlfriend and sent to prison. And then his defense was, you know, I was possessed. The devil made me do it. Uh-huh. And so, you know, um, Ed and Lorraine Warren come in and they try to investigate how he got possessed. And hmm. the the film takes a different tone than where the original where the, the real life aversion kind of dipped away from. Um, the real life one was more of an investigation into, um, how, you know, whether or not you could actually use that as a legal defense or whether or not you could actually like get away with it. Whereas the movie goes more into um, investigating the demon that actually possessed them. Oh, so this really was based on another thing they actually really did. Okay. Yeah. Um, I mean, like I said, I, the story's a little different. Um, the setup is the same where it's this guy who murdered his boss in front right. of his girlfriend. Well, in front of it, whose girlfriend, the boss's girlfriend the brother, or his own the boyfriend, his okay. girlfriend. Gotcha. So, in the film, the boss is coming up to, you know, he's possessed, but does the boss doesn't know. And the boss makes, you know, like, you know, hey, you're supposed to, you know, do like do this, do this, do this. Like, you know, why are you guys here? You know, like the girlfriend comes to visit and, you know, the boss is like, you know, hey, you're supposed to be doing this. You know, it's like, you know, OK, work, you know, let's just, you know, he's not being a dick about it. He's just like, you know, OK, come on, you know, you've had your lunch break, you know, you're, you know, send her away, go back to work. And the guy snaps and takes a knife and stabs him. Oh, nice. And, yeah, so kills him like right in front of her. And then it's, hmm. you know, she freaks out and runs away, gets the cops and comes back and, you know, they find him on the road, you know, bleeding and, you know, all of the, you know, stuff. And mm-hmm. they take him to court and process him. And then, you know, the defense is that, you know, I wasn't in my right mind. I was possessed. The devil made me do it. The devil and made me do it. Yeah. The idea was it, the real life case, um, from what I remember, is whether or not you could actually legitimately get away with that defense because you're not in the right mind. Mm-hmm. Nice. And, you know, whether or not, you know, that would be like a valid legal defense. Right. In the film, it's, you know, okay, he's possessed. Let's figure out who did it and prove his existence to get him off the hook. Huh. So um, it, it's similar setup, but it kind of goes in like a different direction. Um, I, I really like it. You know, it's a little bit more of a it's not a haunted house, you know, jump scare factory like the other ones where it's, right. you know, things popping out of nowhere or, you know, somebody's just getting dragged across the room for no reason, you know, slammed against the wall by an inhuman force. <laughs> yeah. it, it, it's not one of those. It's kind of like a little bit more of like a traditional investigative mystery with um, a few decent and uh, really enjoyable set pieces. You know, the there's uh, black magic involved and there's like this mystery that gets brought up. So... I, I've always really liked it. And I've always thought it was a lot of fun. And um, cool. Yeah, uh, definitely one that um, I, I, I know everybody seems to think this is like the weakest of the franchise, but um, <laughs> I, I've always really enjoyed it and I had a lot of fun with it. So, nice. um, yeah, uh, like I said, it's better than, you know, I found it at least better than two. So I uh, deserve to make my list at number five. Nice. Um, yeah, my number four is um, not a. Tr- uh, a uh, what do you call it? a franchise film was not a sequel it's a movie from the 70s that everyone shits on saying it's the worst movie ever made to 
it's um, what's the the word they use? They say, oh, it's so misogynistic and it's a torture movie, blood sucking freaks. I absolutely <laughs> love this movie. I've seen it maybe a hundred and twenty five thousand times, and I can't stop watching it. I love it. Sure, it's got naked girls who are there to be tortured for the sake of it, but the whole point is that the 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 lead guy is not raping these girls. He's gay himself. Mm. Yeah. Um. I mean, it's not for his sexual pleasure. It's, he's oh, he's doing Grand Guignol for real. Yeah. And the 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 effects by Ed French they're so good for the seventies, but so bad. And the little the midget, the guy, the dwarf Ralphus, running around just like cutting girls' heads off and like having. I guess oral sex with the heads. I laugh. It's so fun. But yeah, I get I can see why people would be offended by it. But you know, <laughs> if you just see it in my eyes, it's one of the most fun movies ever made. <laughs> yeah, um I, I recently watched this one for the first time for a show a couple weeks ago and uh yeah, it was one of the highlights for me. Um we were doing like a a hundred greatest, not a hundred greatest, like thirty greatest exploitation films of all yes, time. Pure exploitation. Yeah, um, it was a highlight for sure. I, I had a lot of fun <laughs> with it. Yeah, um, yeah, because I had um, I had never seen the uncut version. I'd always seen um, a stripped down version that kind of removed. Um, it had all of the uh, pubic shots removed. Really? Wow. Yeah. Um, what about some the, of the ending people, when they actually the, the girls have a dick sandwich? Like they show bread with lettuce and a penis in the middle. <laughs> yeah, that was all. I'd never seen any of that. Um, <laughs> yeah, the only the way that that version, the one that I saw ended was uh, the. Um, I, I'm trying not to, you know, spoil this for much. Well, but, yeah, uh, it was a 1976 movie. Spoiler I know, away. but that's the kind of the thing is. But um, yeah, it's the uh, the girlfriend murders him. And she runs off the hallway screaming, Master, Master, and then yeah. the credits roll. So oh, I never wow, saw that's where they ended it? Yeah. God. So, yeah, so I never saw the orgy. I never saw any of the <laughs> other stuff at the end. Yeah, it ended with her killing him and then running off down the hallway naked screaming, Master, Master. I'd never seen that version, but weird. Yeah. But, um, see, I, uncut. I, <laughs> I, well, I, I did. That's kind of one of the, the things is that, yeah, um, I never saw any pubic shots. Um, they cut off um, the they cut off the implication that he sucks Ralphus that he sucks Ralphus off. Yeah, and at the end you find out he's gay. Yeah. Yeah. Well, no, I. He's I, having sex with a dead body too. A male, the the, the male. Well, know, uh, but critic. I'm saying is that the the, the shot. He's a necrophile too. No, but I'm saying is that the the specific shot where Ralphus zips his pants and he like yeah. looks down and like sucks him off. Yep. That part was missing. Man, they, he really yeah. didn't see anything. Yeah, um, I mean, like I said, I saw a cut version years ago, and then um, I ended up doing like I ended up finally seeing an uncut version. Yeah, I had a lot of fun with it. So I'm glad you finally got to see the real version. But yeah, that's everyone like unanimously on the IMD. I would be surprised if it has more than a 1.5. But uh, <laughs> yeah, I'd have to look at that. But yeah, yeah, it, it was <laughs> uh, it was weird. Uh, all right, so uh, my number four. Again, this one's going to be kind of another unusual pick. Um, not necessarily one that I know a lot of people are really going to agree with, but it's my list, damn it. Um, I have a lot of fun with it. 
I went with uh, the remake of A Tale of Two Sisters called The Uninvited. Yes, I know what you mean. Yeah. Um, I know exactly what you mean. Yeah, I've always really liked this one. Um, I've always thought this was the, the one of the better of the J-horror um, remakes that came out in the early 2000s. You know, I did not know that this is like unanimously panned. I had no idea people didn't like this one. Yeah, um, well, I think it was more just the, the, the scene in general, because everybody always crapped on, you know, Pulse and Dark Waters and the um, One Miss Call versions. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Shudder was also another one that came out at that time. Um, there may be another one if I'm missing, but... Um, yeah, there was... Um, was I, I said One Miss Call, right? You did. Okay, yeah, maybe that was the one because I know One Miss Call was. Um, yeah, that remake was meh. Yeah, One Miss Call was really bad, but um, the Uninvited was the one that I always thought was um, one of the better of the better of that uh, movement. Uh, I, I I really like the stripped down version. It it has it keeps you know keeps it moving, keeps it you know a little bit more interesting. I I do like the ghost. I think there's a lot to like there. Um, the sister relationship is actually pretty interesting. It, uh, being a little honest, I actually thought both of the girls were fucking hot. I agree with that. I totally agree with that. Actually, yeah, um, yeah, that that was you know, um, I, I I do really enjoy them what they did there. Not just you know the sleazy aspect, but you know the the relationship that they had was uh, just as good as the original. Um, I I I don't really like the the finale. I think the finale kind of cheats a little here and there, just trying to make the same twist work. But mm-hmm. overall, I I've always really enjoyed it, and I always thought it was really undervalued. Um, in that whole scene, I I could have sworn that there would have been an, a few others in that time, but this was mm-hmm. kind of the one that killed all of the, that killed them off and kind of made them you know start doing other remakes because it was like right along right right um right after this that. Uh, Friday the 13th came out and then they did uh, Nightmare on Elm Street and right. uh, Piranhas and Fright Night. And, you, <laughs> oh, you know, they, don't even say Black Christmas. Yeah. Yeah. There's a couple of others that uh, kind of came out right around there that they weren't like the J-horror remakes that we were getting. They were getting the other remakes. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I don't get the hatred. I didn't know this was hated, actually. I, I enjoyed The Uninvited. I thought it was cool. Yeah. But I mean, I like I, the original, too, of course. Oh, yeah. I mean, the original is one of the better yeah. J or Korean because it's not even Japanese. Oh, but, it's not even Jap, right? It's Korean. Yeah, but um, yeah, I mean, I always just lump it in just because, but yeah, yeah. Asian um, horror. How about that? Yeah, there we go. I'll I'll deal with that. But um, A-horror. yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Uninvited. Wow. I've I've always really liked it, and I always never I I never really got the hate for it. I mean, maybe it's softened over time, but I haven't heard too many come to its defense recently. So. Yeah, I'm gonna oh, do it right in now. that case, here's a movie that I've never heard get defense. I think I am the only human on earth who enjoyed this in the theater and still loves is Freddy's Dead, Nightmare on Elm Street 5. <laughs> I think this is one of the best sequels in the whole franchise. I really dug this. They were trying to kill off Freddy for once and for all, and they're like, all right, we're gonna make it in 3D, this big budget extravaganza we're gonna get uh the guy from uh alien we're gonna get uh what's his name uh, uh alice cooper we're gonna get all these big names and i dug the hell out of it even the stupid worms that came out of freddy's uh thing in 3d it was in good 3d at the time i loved it i thought 
Yeah. It was fun. Everything from the, the video game kill. I, I just, I, I loved it. I thought it was so much fun with Roseanne Barr and Tom Arnold. I don't know. I had no problem with this movie whatsoever. And I don't get the hate that it gets. I'll be honest. My reservation, my idea for my thoughts on this one kind of changed when I saw an actual 3D print of it. Because I think a lot of the hate for it kind of comes from seeing the black and the blue and red version. I think that's kind of the uh, way. I think a lot of people kind of see, kind of saw it in that 3D, not the actual true the crap 3D. 3D. Yeah. Yeah. I think that could be um, a big reason for it. I think another, you know, tolerance for the cheesy jokes over the, you know, dark, you know, the dark and oppressive mood of the original. But I, I've come around to it. I'm not very high on it. I'm kind of indifferent towards it, but. I, I will say that um, viewing it in originally intended 3D did change my opinion on it enough to not completely dismiss it. So hmm. there is a I, I do think that there is a point to seeing it the way it was originally intended. So that that could be a a factor for future people to say because I can say my opinion did change on it a lot when I viewed it the way it was originally intended in true 3D. Oh, and that's the way I saw it, right in the theater, right in the middle, and you see those snake things, and they're in the middle of the audience looking around. I thought that was perfect. I really had no problem. And the jokes, I don't know. That's me. I thought it was exactly what you want in a Freddy movie. You want the stupid one-liners, the gore. You got everything. Yeah. That was my number three. Nice. Yeah. So my number three, um, I'm pretty sure you were expecting one of these films to pop up sooner or later because it's me. Um, I had to Sharknado. <laughs> the first one? Yeah. <laughs> I'm not laughing. I know. I'm just saying I knew kind of, I kind of was uh, expecting. Well, I, I, I figured you would have expected me to put one of these on there, but um, I really didn't. I didn't think anyone hates them. I thought everyone loves them. Yeah, but I'm just saying the the general thing and uh, the whole you know crappy shark movie in general. Um, I mean, yeah, you everyone. Know, I thought like movies everyone hates, and I'm like, no, there wouldn't be six of them if everyone hated them. True, but I've uh, I've you know I just I had to put one of my killer shark movies on there for some reason. So hell yeah. <laughs> yeah, um, I mean it's not like it's a really big deal, but uh, it just I had to put it on there for somewhere. Um, I mean you know me, so. <laughs> yeah, of course. Yeah. So uh, you're number two. <laughs> All right. Now we're going to hear this again. My number two is Jason X. I, I love Jason X. I don't care what people say. <clears throat> I think uh, if you ever read the script for it with the slow motion, like uh, there was a, a chase scene with zero gravity. That was amazing. If they would have put that back in, people would like it more. The movie's got the best kill in any horror movie of all time, for Christ's sake, with that head in the uh, nitro, uh, what do you call it, the, um, the uh, frozen stuff. The, the liquid yeah. nitrogen. Liquid nitrogen, yeah. That is the best kill of all movies. So I don't get the hatred. Everything about this movie is exactly what you want, Jason. And then you get him in space, and so they have some cybernetic things, and the Uber Jason. It's cool, man. I don't know. I thought that was perfect. And the girls, <laughs> I don't know, the, the the robot girl, everything. I don't know. This is just one of the greatest Jason movies that nobody liked, but everybody wanted. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know where I stand on that one, yep. so. <laughs> so I won't be long. I'm done. <laughs> yeah. Jason next, my number two. 
All right, yeah, my number two. Um, again, this is another kind of a, an early franchise entry that I'm starting to see a little, a few more defenders for it, but I, I, I'm just, I'm putting it on my list because I was always an early defender of this one. Child's Play Three. Hmm. So I always, it, uh, this could be, you know misremembering nostalgia but when i grew up and i was coming into the genre everyone always put this as the weakest one even when um four when bride came out and then i think when seed came out i think everybody said that you know seed finally was the one that took over this one as like the weakest of the franchise but i've always really liked this one Mm -hmm. i always thought this one was better than two actually Mm. And I know two, you know two gets a lot of love for um, I think because they brought Andy back and they you know kept the same actor. Right. But yeah, um, I've always really I always thought this one was the better one. Um, I I like the idea of what Chucky does in this military ca- academy. <laughs> um, some of the scenes in there are just pretty are just out there and inventive. <laughs> and then the whole idea of the the war games that goes on at the very end. I, I always thought that that whole con- that whole third act was just so much fun where you know they realize they're firing live rounds yeah. nobody, knows what's, nobody knows what's going on and it's supposed to be paint pellets and right you know chucky's just you know creating chaos and havoc mm-hmm. and you know the you know the actual finale in the carnival with the dark ride and all that uh oh, mm-hmm. i always thought that one was a lot of fun um cool yeah uh so yeah i i I have seen some defend this one. I know that it's probably gotten a little bit more love recently, but um, I'm putting it on my list just because when I originally came in, I thought this one was always the weakest of the franchise. So for, um, you know, maybe misguided nostalgia, or maybe I'm just re- misremembering, but um, yeah, um, I've always said this was one of the better ones in the series. I, I always thought it was better than two, but um yeah, my number two is Child's Play 3. There you so, go. Well, I don't think it's better than two. <laughs> well, I uh, uh, when I first saw it, I did, but yeah, that was kind of... Um, so that was kind of sub- the reason... Oh, go ahead. That- oh, go ahead. Oh, I was going to say, um, that was one of the reasons why I always thought it was weird that two was the one that got a lot of love, and three was, the weak- was said to be the weakest one. Mm-hmm. So... Well, for me, it was that way, because I saw the first one in the theater, I was kind of not really into it. I was like, yeah, this is paint by numbers, and it wasn't that great. Two blew me away, and I was like, wow, this has the gore, this has this. And three, I was kind of like, what? Chucky's going to be a bro, what? And then the the military thing, and that's not the real Andy, I don't know. So I, that's why I didn't like three at first. But it grew on me, it did. It had some charming kills. It had Andrew Robinson as remember as the the military dude. Yeah. So there was some good stuff in N three. Now, would you be surprised if my number one is Seed of Chucky? Hmm. I knew. No, we were... no, no. It's not Seed of Chucky. <laughs> <laughs> my number one is really Texas Chainsaw 3D. Oh, I the same one. The same one I did. Absolutely love this movie. I don't care. Yeah, Don. Number the 3D is like my number one. Everyone shits on this. Yeah. All right. Like we said, do your thing, because that this is the goriest chainsaw movie until the new one. This has everything. It's gritty. It's fun. It's got action. It's got a good plot. It's got Gunnar Hansen in the beginning and Bill Mosley in the beginning. Come on now. 
This is like one of the greatest love letters to the Chainsaw franchises. And it's in 3D. I don't care what people say. This movie has so much heart. So much more heart than that stupid remake did. The 2003 thing? Fuck that movie. This movie is really the better one. Mm, Nice. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So, um, well, since we're in the... uh mode of uh defending unpopular remakes um my number one is the nightmare on elm street remake oh that's a killer okay let's hear it (laughs) yeah um i get it the cgi looks terrible chucky's makeup or not chucky freddy sorry um freddy's makeup is atrocious i love a lot of what they did with this one i i love the idea of finally making dreams feel like you had to go to sleep and Freddy was there. Uh-huh. The idea that this was the one that I think it finally got it right, where dreams equal death and, you know, the fear of actually going to sleep. Now, it's an idea that I I, I kind of switch back and forth between which one which one of these actually did it better? Because I know that everybody always says that about the original, but I never really felt it. I always just said that that was just when he attacked, but I never really got the sense that there was really a deep fear of everybody sleeping. Mm-hmm. I thought, I felt this one, you know, everybody, it's not just her. Every one of the teens, everybody is completely ragged. They're just, you know, there's, as you know, overly tired and just drained you know circles under their eyes just you know unresponsive Mm -hmm. i always felt that this was the one that got you know the fear of sleep the fear of sleeping for fear sleeping right freddy freddy i like what they did with him i'm not in love with it but i like what they did with him he's i go back again it's another one i go back and forth I don't like a lot of the comedy that they brought in in four and five, right. even though I do actually find the lines funny. And that's the part that kind of I, I have a, a weird debate with is that I find the lines funny, but it feels weird that they actually included it to begin with. Mm-hmm. So the idea that this is Freddie going back to, you know, one and two where he's silent, he's creepy He's, you know, this figure that lurks in the darkness and he's somebody that's ready to just pounce at any opportunity. (laughs) Oh, might I add another Clancy Brown movie? (laughs) Oh, true. Yeah, he has a a nice role in this as well. I I will give you this, too. As we talked on the show a long time ago, I really dug the fact that you don't know, is Freddie really guilty or innocent? I like that you toy with that. Right. Yeah. And yeah, that's, you know, again, then, you know, that's another thing that, you know, the original is kind of, you know, notorious for is that the original spells it out that he was the one that did it, but he got away on a technicality. Right. And this one, you don't know. Yeah. That would have been cool if he was really innocent and was getting even on the kids because of that. That would have been a really cool motive. Indeed. I I think there's a few fan films that toy with that idea. Um, I'm not entirely, I don't remember them offhand, but I know that there's a few that have said that, you know, have said that, you know, Freddie was initially innocent, but, you know, mob mentality brought him to right. 
that's a really cool thing to put in there. Yeah, mob mentality brought him down, and he's now back, you know, because of you know revenge and all that. Yeah. So yeah, um, I will admit the CGI has not aged. I do admit Freddy is not, you know, as threatening. His makeup looks terrible. He's not as threatening, but it's a lot better than some of the other films. And I do, I did have a lot of fun with it. It's one of the, is it one of the best in the franchise? No. Is it the weakest in the franchise? No. (laughs) But yeah, um, a film I really like that everybody seems to crap on. I'm going to defend it. Yeah. So uh, everyone does shit on this. You're right. Yeah. My number one is the Nightmare on Elm Street remake. (laughs) There you go. So, uh, yeah, if you have uh, any honorable mentions. No, you we... actually mentioned my honorable mention, so. <laughs> I uh, only yeah. had that one. Oh, okay, yeah. Um, I mean, like I said, I had uh, the, um, the Pet Cemetery 2 on mine. Um, uh-huh. I had, uh, I mean, you, you mentioned the other one, but uh, the last one I had, um, I always really liked this one, and I always... Um, I, I know a lot of people kind of crapped on it when it came out, thinking it was just another Conjuring film. But um, I enjoyed The Curse of La Llorona. Um, I always I've not that, seen it. I've heard about it, but heard bad things, so I didn't even bother. Yeah. So you can defend this now because maybe it'll make me want to see it. Okay, I I really like it. it it's it kind of toys more with the mythology of the figure than trying to you know actually present the figure as uh being alive and loose and you know just wreaking havoc uh-huh. it you know i mean i'm not sure how familiar you are with the la llorona legend oh or... i am very familiar with la llorona okay um so yeah um it... <laughs> she murdered her kids in the water right yeah yep. um you know the weeping woman you know yep all that kind of good stuff yeah so it plays more with believing in the fact that she's real more than, you know, the fact that she's actually out. And there's a few, there's some actually decent jump scares in here. Um, it's not like a repetitious jump scare factory, but I think there's a few that it, it the promotional material for it actually ended up inadvertently putting that together as the trailer. That's the problem with it. So even though it's not, you know, the jump scare factory that a lot of the Conjuring films are, that was how it was sold. So that was the impression that everybody got out of it. Right. Like the nun. Yep. Right. Yeah. um, That's actually the one I haven't seen. So I I don't know how that one goes. Um, But yeah, um, I, it was presented as a jump scare factory, but it's really not. It's kind of a little bit more of folklore mysticism kind of, um, figuring out how to defeat it rather than um, trying to, you know, it's just out and about and trying to, you know, kill as many people as possible. Gotcha. Wow. So that's different than I did not. I expected jump scare factory, like the nun, just nothing. And cool. Wow. Yeah. All right. um, You sold me on that. I do want to see this now. Yeah. I I mean, that's like I said, that was how it was marketed. So um, I think that was kind of everybody's impression of it. So, right. Yeah, I guess that uh, wraps us up for the evening. So, yeah, this was uh, a lot of fun, man. Great to catch up and uh, do this. Yes, and dude, I am so glad to be a part of your show. I'm so glad to be a part of anything right now. (laughs) Thank you so much for the opportunity. Yeah, so um, if you have anything that uh, you want to shout out, promote, um, anything you want to shine a little love to? 
Not really. I'm well. There's one thing I'm in that I just saw was um, Blood and Guts in the Sunshine. Uh, it was a documentary on the horror movies made in Florida, which they actually have a scene of me from Dirty Cop No Donut. <laughs> but that's about it. Oh, I remember. <laughs> <laughs> Blood, so, Guts, uh, and Sunshine State, or something like that. I forgot. Uh, Sean Donahue did it. The guy who did the what do you call movies? The Death Court Service that. Brandon loves so much. <laughs> yeah, um, go ahead and uh, give a little bit about that. Just uh, slight um, background for context. Oh, about Brandon from the no, his, for, uh, no, what? for um, you being uh, in Dirty Cop No Donut. Oh yeah, if, that uh, I, yeah, you being in the documentary and all that. A uh, little bit of background. Yeah, um, the movie chronicles a whole bunch of movies and and filmmakers in Florida in the nineteen. 19- I guess it started from the creature from the black lagoon up until now. (laughs) And it shows stuff in the nineties. One of the projects I was involved, well, a bunch of stuff I was involved in, but only one scene of me, you get to see my stupid fat ass in the shower (laughs) from dirty cop, no donut for a scene. And that's why the director, uh, Sean Donahue kept saying like, Hey, um, uh, did you watch it yet? I said, no, I was just about to put it in. (laughs) He goes, did you watch it yet? So I finally watched it and said, yes, and thank you for having me in that scene. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah, um, I will. Uh, I think that should be available if uh, Sean hasn't uh, kept it on the Indiegogo pre-orders. But Oh, no, now it's for sale. Now it's yeah. Out. Yeah, so um, I will definitely have that uh, link down below for everybody to uh, check out. So, yeah, um, like I said, this was uh, great to catch up and uh, reconnect like uh, old times, man. So Absolutely, brother. Yeah, thank you so much for coming on board, and we will see you next time with a new episode.